we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. But also as well, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football. Hopefully you listen to our shows and episodes this year because one of the hosts, I won't say who, hint, 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 won their league based off the advice that we gave on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus, we'll also be covering the NFL playoffs, so we will be taping new episodes starting this week. Look forward to going ahead and chatting it up with Magic Man or Chris Ardieri or Joe Soro about the NFL playoffs kicking off this weekend. So definitely keep your eye out for new episodes of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus also, of course, Joe Soro. I kind of spoke to him earlier today, kind of messaged back and forth because he's got a really sore throat right now. As you know, if you heard him on yesterday's show and all those rants certainly didn't help him very much. So hopefully he rests his throat today, maybe for the game tomorrow. We'll find out. But go ahead and check out what he's typing about at LakersBall.com. Plus, give him a hand. Help him out. (laughs) Magic supported today at Simblade, simbladeswithawhy.com. Also, our good friends, Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet. You know, they're always arguing with each other at lakersball.com. Of course, lakerholics.com. Almost got my Lakers mixed up there, but lakerholics.com. Also, of course, our good friends, Empire Jeff TV, Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat, Lakers in Five, uh, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, Lakers Corner, the John McCallion Channel, plus you like and subscribe to us or you like and follow us you'll get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest lakers fast break podcast well good evening everyone it's nba observations something we haven't done for quite a while and quite a spell plus of course we will always make sure we get a little tidbit of the lakers in as well as we speak the pelicans are destroying the warriors in golden state the myth of The Chase Center is slowly dissipating away as far as it's concerned with back-to-back just terrible losses and the team in more disarray than even the Lakers were last week. So looks like the Golden State Warriors regime, as far as the, the dynasty that they supposedly have had for so many years, looks like it's you know all but over at this point. But When it comes right down to it, some of the observations that we're having starts off with some big money spent by the Heat and the Clippers. The Miami Heat have signed Eric Polestra, Eric Polstra, as they say, to a $120 million extension. So he is earning some big bucks. And on top of that, the Clippers have just signed Kawhi Leonard to a $150-plus million deal himself. So with all that said and done, we'll relate this to the Lakers. want to go ahead and ask the man himself about his thoughts on both those deals. And does this mean this is just the kickoff of some free money spending, which would include our Los Angeles Lakers? Are they getting their checkbook ready? Are they, you know, like the old days, like Joe was talking about, as far as that one old lady that still writes the checks at the grocery store? Is she getting out 
the check. It's Jeannie getting out the checkbook. Is she ready to sign out some more checks? We'll talk about that on the show, but here today to talk about the big deals. Good man indeed. He is the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and stop on by to talk about some big money going down in the NBA. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here. I apologize. Alfred at the last minute had to cancel. He's looking to come back and jump on to a show next week. Since we do seven shows a week, that's not too hard to accommodate for that. So when it comes down to it, uh, you've got some big money flowing around, my friend. Miami just dished out a ton for Eric Spolstra as far as his extension and also as well Kawhi Leonard for three more years, which I don't know. I mean, he, I think he still negotiates for himself. So I think, you know, you could say whether or not it's a good move or not because he was on his way to free agency and possibly could have gotten a better deal. Your thoughts on the big money that's being spent right now in the NBA, my friend. Uh, you know what, Gerald? I think that to be perfectly frank with you, Spolstra is still underpaid. Um, even really? though his contract, yeah, he he's gross he's he's grossly underpaid to me because he he op he operates he operates in a landscape where he has to deal with with significant um, hindrances. First of all. He has to deal with a salary cap. Some day, some years, Mickey Arison wants to spend money, Gerald, and then other years because <clears throat> COVID, <clears throat> because you know he owns uh, Carnival Cruise Lines. Uh, there are some years where Mickey Arison's net worth is a lot less than he'd like it to be, and he usually penny pinches. And that the way the falls. ships go is the way he the goes. Way he goes, a hundred percent, man. Uh, and I think everybody with half a brain knows this. If uh, you just do a little bit of research on the Miami Heat, so Spo has to deal with the cards he's dealt with a lot of the times, Gerald. It's not like a situation, perhaps in you know Los Angeles with the Lakers and with Balmer's uh, big pockets, even in Golden State, Phoenix now, uh, you know, a couple of other situations. But for the most part, Spo has to deal with the, the the plays the hand he's dealt, and he's done it very well. In 10 of his 14 seasons, he's won at least 44 games, and he hasn't had some of the best talent during that run. Um, for God's sakes, I believe it was – I'm trying to remember the year, Gerald. He had Josh McRoberts, Mario Chalmers, and I believe it was Udonis Haslam, and he was slipping at that point. And somehow he managed to make sure that that team was top 10 defensively. So, I mean, you you, you give Spo uh, 15 guys, he will try to make chicken salad out of chicken, you know what. And um, again, one of the reasons, another reason why I think he's underpaid is that he doesn't complain. He's never complained once about the roster, the kind of uh, players the Heat acquire or sign. Um, he he finds a way to have fifteen guys and play fifteen guys. I mean, for goodness sakes, he's found, he's found a way to, to fit Cole Swider 
uh, into <laughs> into a small role. Ivy Cole's not playing a lot, but when he's called upon, I mean, Spo is actually playing him. So to me, Eric Spolstra, uh, and I'll, I'll sing his praises to the heavens as always, Gerald. You know, I've done that regardless of what team he coaches for. Spo is, to me, he's a top five NBA coach of all time. And if he, if he lives out this contract, Gerald, that would be 24 seasons as a Miami Heat head coach, which I believe would only be third, if I'm not mistaken, to um, Pop. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Auerbach. But Auerbach's, Auerbach's tenure may also be as an executive as well in there. Um, so when you're talking about a coach who's in the same uh, pantheon, as Brett Auerbach and Greg Popovich, as far as um, longevity is concerned, I mean, you have you have to just tip your cap to him. Um, yeah, eight years, one hundred twenty million. I I I do think that is underpaid. Okay, fair enough, fair enough indeed. Uh, he is a great and outstanding coach. He proved it when he threw up that zone against uh, what Darvin Ham totally outcoached him in that game we saw. Uh, last week and then earlier in the season as well, uh, although the Lakers could have stolen that game had they not just tried to give it to Cam Reddish on that three. But need I digress on that? It is, of course, the Lakers fast break. It is the Magic Man, Chuck Rice, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching listening. Uh, it's so funny, though, when we when we talk about the kind of passion uh, with and coaching ability that's out there. Before we go ahead and get into Kawhi Leonard and his big deal, I want to ask, how was your day walking the dog the day after the Lakers beat the Toronto Raptors today? Mm. You, know, you mentioned it, you mentioned that it would be a very pleasant walk if that was the case. Well, interest, interestingly enough, uh, it was a beautiful walk. Because um, okay. <laughs> I happened to, uh, happened to be going down... Um, john street which is a, a major intersection in the in the city drilled mm -hmm. and um it, it it's it's got a big uh big park and uh happened to be wearing my lfb hat and uh my lfb hoodie and uh as we were walking i see a few raps fans who free throw i'm like you know what that's the way the cookie crumbles. So let me ask you this. On top of that, you saw the rant by Coach Darko last night of the Toronto mm -hmm. Raptors. And I remarked on the air that uh, I admired it in the way. I'm not, you know, as far as the, you know, the 23 to 2 free throw disparity, disparity. Hey, I loved it for the Lakers. But you could admire the passion that coach Darko had in his rant, which he will get fined, which Raptors better pick up the check. is all I'm saying. They make Darko pay that. Then they, they just really are a terrible organization. He showed the passion last night. Lakers fans want to see from Darvin Ham. Uh, and Joe at the time kind of brushed it off. But then when we spoke earlier today, he mentioned, that as far as the the big blow up by Darko was concerned, I mean, it is the talk of the NBA along with what's going on. It was a guy that was relatively unknown. It's gone gone into the spotlight because of the fact that he was just so angry 
just so passionate about his beliefs and what the disparity was in last night's game. Uh, for me, it's just as a Lakers fan, I just wish we could see that some of that passion instilled because we were brought on to believe that Darvin Ham was a motivator. He was a guy that would, you know, people would run through walls for, and that is such as far as players wanting to do anything as far as him for him because of how emotionally, uh, you know, viable he would be for them as far as a, a pillar of strength through thick and thin for them. What I ask you, though, my friend, is when you see that passionate speech by Darko, what does that say about what we do not have here in Los Angeles? It says a lot, and I'm with you. Um, I'm for, unfortunately, had to had to catch up on some sleep last night, so Good. wasn't wasn't able to um, to make the the post. But I agreed with 100% with Gerald. I mean. I think Toronto fans were worried that Darko was some kind of church mouse, <laughs> Gerald, that he would stay. Well, I just uh, saw him during coaching during quiet. the game. I see him moving around. I see him clapping. I see him yes. talking to his players. I see him, you know, motivated. I see him moving around. I see him running around the sideline. Whereas you look five feet away, and I noted this on the broadcast pockets, hands in the pockets, right? Five feet away. Yeah, it's, ab- it's disturbing to me. It is very disturbing to me. It, unless you have a cerebral plan and of action that's working effectively, it's just so so annoying to me that this is taking place for us. It is. It is annoying. It is annoying because you see, exactly. Um, Gerald used the right word. They're passionate. You saw a lot of passion from Darko, not di- just during the game, but after the game as well. Now, to be fair, some of the, some of that free throw disparity was a result of the Raptors intentionally fouling the Lakers to stop the clock. So, I mean, that aside, yeah, the the despair the disparity is what it is. Um, like, as a Laker fan, I'm not going to be a home. I'm never a homer, Gerald. You know that I I love the Lakers, but you know we don't we don't wear purple and gold sunglasses when we need to be authentic. And the fact was that uh, Bed Taylor is one of the, I'm not going to swear, one of the crappiest refs I've ever seen in the NBA. And I've been watching the NBA regularly since around 1991, ladies and gentlemen, 1991. I started in 1990. It's very young. That being said, he is one of the worst. He missed uh, a few calls um, that, that that were very egregious, Gerald, and very obvious fouls. Um, he also loved – I'm not sure if it's home cooking or not, the, 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 the psychological um, tenor, uh, but he is terrible. And if Eric Lewis is no longer in the NBA, I would advise Money McCutcheon to take a serious look at Ben Taylor's uh, work so far because it is poor at best. And I don't think he should be an NBA referee anymore, Gerald. And to be frank, um, we discussed this last year, Gerald. The Lakers fast break talked about how poor, abysmal, atrocious, terrible, very bad, no good refereeing in the NBA. And it's 
unfortunately it spilled over to this season as well. And uh, I heard Joe. Joe is correct. Because the refereeing is so poor and, and abysmal, it makes for a bad product. It does. You, you, you have to have at least some synchronicity. And, and, one, and the, the very problem we find, Gerald, is that it used to be that referees in the past, and you, and you can attest to this, used to allow coaches to express themselves to them. Now, they may have not liked what they said, but they allowed them to express themselves. The players as well. Bennett Salvatore, Joey Crawford, uh, Ed Malloy when he wasn't a dick, uh, Tony Br- Tony Brothers um, before he went over the hill. Uh, I remember, I remember, Imani, who runs it, I remember all these guys being able to take crap from players and, and coaches, Gerald. Now, everybody's got limits and that's true, but these guys at least let them rip a strip off them if need be. And a lot of times referees would, would go back and say, I'm doing a better job tonight than you are. So, but it just seems that Gerald, when you look at the communication between the employer and employees, and what I'm saying is that Adam Silver employs the NBA referees to do a good job for them, for their product. They are not. They are not. They are thin-skinned. They are too quick for judgment. Like they'll they'll just like Ben Taylor, Eric Lu- formerly Eric Lewis, and like I said, that Dick Ed Malloy now are just quick for quick to give teas. And you see it, Gerald. There is no communication with the refs. They will not listen to the players. It used to be the player would be able to get the ear of the ref, say their piece, and then you'd move you'd move on to the next possession. Now you gotta stop the game for 10 minutes for a review. You gotta you gotta make a point to team up and talk your stuff, talk your smack. NBA refereeing used to be an art form. It really was. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to uh, to be uh, hyperbolic or exaggerated, but they used to be very good at their job because they would self critique. That's not happening anymore, and it's making for a for a bad product. It's like say this right. If when you're in a hospital, if if you when you're in the emergency room. You have a charge. You have a you have a charge nurse. The charge nurse is responsible for all the basic information, and it gets passed passed along the chain. If that chain gets broken, then the whole system then the whole system is at risk, and that's what ha- that's what's happening now with this game. The a lot of people are blaming the pro the blaming the the product on the style of play, and that plays a part in it, no doubt. I, I, all three of us would agree about that, but there's also another another uh, problem with these referees and their thin skin, and I'm tired of it because it's making for a bad product. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. 
Give me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cold. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is the Magic Man, Chung Rice. It was me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this thing. Also here today, good man indeed. It is Admiral Akbar, the guy oh, behind please. the five things articles. Yes, you at Lakerholics.com. It is Jamie Sweet. Jamie, great to have you here. Hope you're feeling better, my friend, after your bout of uh, whatever it was uh, a few days ago. Uh, hopefully you are feeling better like Joe is. Uh, at least I'm hoping that he feels better. I want to ask your thoughts, though. Spolestra signed for a huge contract. He got Kawhi signing a huge contract. That's all well and good. And we'll relate that to Lakers here in a second. But last night's game, when it comes <laughs> right down to it, Darko showing that passion because his team got outscored at the free throw line 23-2. to We're talking about the kind of passion that – I think many of us out there in social media are hoping that we have a coach ourselves that may one day show that kind of passion and may get the team fired up and, and basically get them in a better position going forward. I mean, they're two very different people. Uh, so I wouldn't expect, apparently I wouldn't expect to see Darvin ham, you know, throw his beating heart on the table and let it bleed on, you know, like we saw yesterday. I watched that clip and I mean, okay, he's got a mild point and I think that that's probably what you guys were talking about. Some things that can't be ignored. A, the Raptors did foul. <laughs> we had the challenge to get and if you look at the last two minute report, the, the, the two calls the, the Or as Joe would with. say, the 45 minute report for all I those. Know, uh, I, I wish it was a 45 minute report because that would be, you know, a little bit more truth telling. But in the last two minutes, it, all the calls that didn't get called benefited the Raptors. And that would have advantaged us even more. I thought Reeves got bumped on his shot. I thought AD got pushed in the back. I thought that they hit AD a lot when he was going up. And that's not to say that, you know, should Scotty Barnes, when Max Christie challenged Scotty Barnes' shot with about 30-ish seconds to go, should he have been called for a foul? Probably. He probably should have. Uh, he didn't do. He didn't have straight verticality. So if you want to say that that call, you know, went against the Raptors, sure. But it's kind of ignoring the fact that a good six or seven of those fouls were intentional fouls to stop the clock. They were trying to extend the game. So you can't count those against the, the, the total tally. And so if he had been a little more honest, I think, with the press, if he'd said like, well, okay, I'm pissed about the discrepancy, but in all fairness, five. Let's just say it was five. I think it was more, but let's just say it was five. So suddenly that goes from 23 to 18. Oh, okay, that's not quite so bad, is it? Now we're, now it's, it's still an advantage to the Lakers, but it's not that. So I... I Listen, nothing was as bad. Nothing will ever be as bad as the blown call of Jason Tatum manhandling LeBron's arm in Boston at the end of the game to send it into overtime where Pat Bev walked out with the camera, which is one of the classic NBA moments of all time. Granted, it did get us a technical foul and put us behind. I've never seen overtime start with the other team down by a point. 
but we, we somehow managed to make that magic happen that that last season. So nothing will ever be that bad in modern NBA history. Uh, nothing will ever be as bad as Tim Donahue rigging the Sacramento game, much to Sacramento fans' dismay. Forgetting, of course, that he had rigged the other game before it the same way. Uh, but that way, we know about that one. Uh, and that also Sacramento couldn't rebound the ball to save their lives that whole series. So it works itself out. It's a long season. It works itself out. I'm sure Raptor fans wish they had won the game. They, you know, and that's one of those games where if it had gone another 30 seconds, they might have. We were playing on our heels. We were playing gas. They were hitting shots. They were locked in. That game goes another 20, 30 seconds. They might have pulled it out. Um, but they didn't. I mean, and they're kind of forgetting the fact that, you know, Schroeder went back to being a weird dude, like kicking his leg out, trying to draw weird fouls on Dilo, And we had to challenge that. And we got that call. So, so it, it, I, I'm, I'm not concerned. I, I, I thought, I, I, I thought, you know, yeah, he like yelled and screamed and pounded the table. It's often the loudest person who has the most to go back and look at and reassess. And so I thought, I mean, while he may be uninspiring, while he may have curious choices with his rotations and how he handles role players, I actually prefer Darvin Ham over Darko because of his steadiness. Because he does, and I, I'll never forgive him for that one-game comment. That's the sort of thing you can think, but you can't say. Why is everybody hanging on one game? No, 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 no. You can you can say that to the team. You can be like, hey, guys, it was one game. It's a marathon. We got time to pull this out. You can't say that as the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers to the national media. You're asking to get, I mean, uh, am I allowed to say the S word on this prod- podcast? You're asking to get duked on. You are going to get Duke all up in your business. Uh, and I think you probably did. And so it was no surprise that Jeannie like sent that text out was, or maybe that was the day before I can't remember, but it's no surprise to me that all of these events are in confluence and, you know, everybody's making a mole, uh, a mountain out of the molehill of LeBron James, praising his friend, Ty Lue, praising the coach that he won his first title ever with and Eric Spolstra and not like for some reason, just going on Twitter and talking about how great Darvin Ham is and sunshines and kitten and rainbows. And it, nobody does that. You don't see Jokic going on Twitter and being like, Michael Malone is the godfather to every child I will ever have, and I will name my house after him. Like, nobody does that. Nobody, it's BS. Like, it's like when I I just can't even get into it. It's just, it's it's beneath me, frankly. Uh, All the Twitter crap is beneath me. By the way, shout shout out to to, uh, the Joker for basically telling that I, I'm forget what company it was that Peyton Watson is going to be with me in the commercial yeah. yes. that, that, that shows true leadership. Like it, you could have had Aaron Gordon Jamal Murray there. He's like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring the, the young dude, yeah. give him some shine. That shows and real I'm leadership. Sure he got money. Like I'll yeah. give him some, you know, <laughs> he's some spending money on that rookie contract. You're right, JV. He ain't getting no. He he's not making no thirty mil. He, no, he's you not. Gonna bu- make... You got a budget on that rookie contract. You got yeah. You got you got and you are. You probably bought mom and dad something. Or if you didn't, you're a bad rookie. Bad. That's right. Bad 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 rookie. If you didn't buy your parents something. But uh, like you know, just to piggyback off what Jamie was saying, Gerald. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, what's and he, Jamie brought up a uh, a name that. I would love. 
I would love five minutes with this man on the street, and that's Tim Donahue, <laughs> a, com- a convicted felon. And every time, Gerald, this convicted felon is allowed to get on the bullhorn on some kind of platform, whether it's the ringer with Bill Simmons, and by the way, Bill F you for yeah. having Tim Donahue on there. But at least at the same time, he'll put uh he'll put somebody from the FBI on as well, Gerald, to counter just about everything Donahue says. But whether he, he's put on ESPN, um uh any other platform, these people are are real garbage flies. That that that's the best way to put it. Because they're they're willing to give a convicted felon that mouthpiece a uh, a bullhorn and you know that's bad for the product but it's good it's good for you because you as a producer of that show you think it creates controversy so you think controversy is good but we don't understand is that for casuals and people who either have uh, a pro uh, you know have an issue with the nba because you're racist that's just like if you have a problem with with basketball, it's just you have a problem with the guys playing basketball for the most part. Just saying. That being said, <clears throat> it gives those people the ammunition to talk about this, go down this wormhole about Vegas and how Vegas and the and the refs are are work are coincide, you know, working together in, in concert and. Blah 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 blah. It's re- it's really dumbing down our conversation. It's like a dimmer switch for intellect when you have morons like that being able to influence how people think because they need to clean up from the inside out. And morons like that, and people like Ben Taylor or Eric Lewis, uh, for example have no sense of self-reflection on their job. Like your job should be uh, up for performance appraisal no matter what you do, whether you're Gerald Glassford and you're and you work in podcasting, whether you're Jamie Sweet and you work in the the music industry, whether you're a plumber, a paramedic, an air an airplane pilot, there's performance appraisals across the board. And these guys are so thin-skinned, it's unreal. I've never seen a more thin-skinned group of professionals in my life than NBA officials the past two years, Gerald. So with that being said, the other major news today, it comes from the Clipperland, <laughs> in that they have signed Kawhi Leonard to a three-year, $152 million extension, which... According to the numbers, they saved eight and a half million dollars because Kawhi didn't make himself available as a free agent and sign for the max. So uh, I don't know if he still negotiates for himself or how that works as far as agent is concerned. But yeah, Gerald, let me ask you. That's eight million dollars, man. You were shorting yourself out on. Gerald, Gerald, let me let me let me ask you a question. You know when your wife comes home with four bags and says. Honey, I saved so much money. <laughs> That's how the Clippers are saving money in this scenario. 
similar to what Eric Spolster's ex-wife is hearing right now about how she fumbled <laughs> the bag. Yes. In, in by, situation. By, by the way, that was brilliant, Eric. That was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait till the wait till the settlement's done, then sign the contract. Well, it's, I don't think she can touch that. Touch that because no, that no, happened. it's post. It's, yeah. uh, it's yeah. uh, I don't know what the legal term is. I'll just well, say that, habeas corpus because yeah. I like that. I like that phrase a lot. <laughs> I bet you like that one. But let me ask you this though, guys, and I'll, I'll start with you, Jamie. When it comes right down to it, uh, the Lakers would they be spending that kind of money for maybe another year for LeBron? here in the not too distant future will they try to reach out to extend his contract will they go ahead and uh, instead go for that one of those big magical trades for one of those big juicy contracts with attached to a you know a player that they see as a third star on the team the question i have for you basically is because they see other team spending is their checkbook now a lot more open I think the Lakers already spent a lot of the money they were going to spend this offseason. I thought they signed when they signed AD to an extension, when they signed Russ and Reeves and Rui to to big you know big decent sized contracts for what they've proven they're capable of bringing to an NBA team. I thought those were all player ish friendly. You know, I won't be surprised if Kawhi Leonard plays sixty percent of the games that he could out of that contract or less uh, just based on the nature of his injuries, his caution when it comes to dealing with those injuries. And I think the team's caution as well. And I think that's why he walked away the way he did from San Antonio. Cause they were like, you should tough it out. And he was like, no, I'm not gonna. And then, you know, that didn't end very well, but then, you know, pop stays classy, tells the crowd, you know, pop keeps it classy. And I think love Kawhi Leonard and is disappointed how it worked out between him and the medical staff in the front office. But I don't think he, like a lot of, I'm sure Spurs fans do blames Kawhi for anything or, you know, anything like that. So, uh, I mean, I think the Kawhi Leonard contracts as risky as the AD contract is that it may have a great comeback as a great value, one where you're like, man, that eight million really is going to help the Clippers on down the line, honey. I saved so much money. Look at all of the new things I bought. <laughs> bought a new arena with it. How about right. that? Right. But he didn't knock new down the toilets. Forum. Didn't knock down the form. So we all we'll have to thank Steve for that forever. Uh, I love the form. Um, I don't know. You know, I it, Kawhi's playing I love the best the form too. They better not. He's playing the best down. he's played as a Clipper right now. Just the way AD's maybe playing the best he's ever played as a Laker right now, and. In, you know, there's just always going to be a question when it comes to their durability. It's it's just built into the fabric of their narrative now. There's no getting away from it. So, uh, you know, good luck on that with that. I was a little bit surprised to see it in season. I won't be surprised if they get George. I'll be surprised if LeBron doesn't control his option until after the season. It would be very... Unless his body is saying something and he's like, well, another another 30 mil in the bank isn't bad. Unless his body is saying something to him, I will be very surprised if LeBron does anything at all contract-wise until after he really has a chance to see what this team can do over the course of the season. Because I don't think I don't I don't think he wants to burn his last couple of shots at being able to control his destiny. He's a man who likes to control his destiny. He likes to control his narrative. He does not want to be 
I don't think he wants to be looked at as, you know, oh, you know, LeBron went to the Lakers so that he could play out his years as the in the superstars old folks home, you know, the way Kareem did, the way Kobe did, the way we would have let Magic do uh, had it come to it. But, you know, I think that he would rather I think he's I mean, obviously he has no problem hopping teams, right? It's not that's that's not that's in his DNA and he's gonna chase a ring. And I think he ultimately probably wants to retire in Cleveland. Even if it's for like, you know, a vet minimum deal and then they waive him. You know, like he'll he'll be on the roster for the final season of Cleveland, maybe sit on the bench, get some I mean, I would be surprised if he didn't do that. Let me put it that way. Um, and I'd be surprised if the Cavs denied him that because it would be a nice form of bookending his career. But I'll be surprised if he signs anything that commits past this season uh, in season. I wouldn't be surprised if we had a good playoff run and he does it in the summer. Um, even even before, like, you know, up, right up until the deadline, whenever that is. I think for him it's June 30th the way it was with Kawhi, right? I'm not sure what his deadline is. Um, but uh, I do want to just real quick, Kurt Affair is just one of the funniest people on planet Earth. That he is. Kurt, <laughs> you crack me up every time. Thank you for being humorous. Um, but, I, I mean, I think that both the Spo deal and the Kawhi deal represent the trend of the modern. I mean, really, it started with Monty Williams, you could argue, and that what's Monty Williams ever won as a coach? Nothing. And he got one of the richest deals in NBA history to coach a team that's won five games, four games, three games. Um, about that, yeah. I mean, they're they're no they're not even sniffing double digits yet. So I mean, the co that's one of the places teams can spend without any kind of punitive action from the NBA. You know, you can spend a billion dollars on a coach if you wanted to. You know, you could lure Phil Jackson out of retirement for a billion dollars. I'm sure, uh, and. You know, you can spend a billion dollars on an arena. You can spend a billion dollars on a training staff, but you can only spend so much money on the team. So it's not surprising to me that Pat Riley and uh, and the Heat Brain Trust, I don't want to even call it a reward because I think Coach Spo works his butt off and, you know, frankly deserves that kind of, you know, payday to some degree. So, you know, I, I, it's just the, it's the way the NBA is going to go. Uh, and it's the way pro sports is going. So it's just going to keep making more money, which means more money is going to be spent on it. And people will be like, oh, I wish I made that money. Well, you're a plumber or you're like me, you're an IT tech or you're whatever you're doing. You're not, you're not an NBA coach, unfortunately. You're not a superstar athlete. And that's why we're not making that money. It's as simple as that. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Magic Man, let me bring it over to you. And once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Magic Man, Sean Grice. Jamie Sweet, a.k.a. Admiral Akbar, a.k.a. Yami Swoot of Lakerholics.com. And me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. We truly appreciate it. Magic Man, so I ask you, are the stakes getting higher or a little bit warmer? Because 
I don't think that Kawhi was going to be a target of the Lakers come free agency. I don't think that was in the cards, especially after what he did last time to spurn the Lakers. So be that as it may, though, it looks like that the Clippers are not stopping spending money. Heat, as you saw, even on their coach, they're dishing out top dollar or top dollar. Let me ask you this, my friend. When it comes right down to it, do the Lakers need to start looking at being a little bit more fiscally spend, spendy, how should I say, fiscally spendy per se, in order to get a better team around LeBron and AE? Yes. Yes, short answer. I I mean, you can't be you can't be thrifty and frugal uh like if you if so if you have um if if you're a car collector gerald if you're a car collector okay let's just use that as an example right now with the lakers you have mercedes benz because he's 39 years old so we can't we can't call him a lambo or uh or a porsche anymore but it benz is nice right SL series, very nice ride. Smooth. Uh engine's a little quieter, but it's still fierce. Uh you get the most out of Mercedes. Mercedes is classy. You can you can work with that. Now AD. AD is playing like a Porsche 911 this year. He really is. How many 30, 12 games has he had this year and we've lost? I've counted inexcusable so if you have a porsche and you have a mercedes why the hell would you go thrifty and frugal and yeah you know what i'm gonna add um i'm gonna they don't even make it anymore but i'm gonna add a chevy cavalier or i'm gonna add um a lotta and then i'm going to uh get a jeep that that's that has no transmission uh jared vanderbilt Um, you're That's in, a, the that, thing is, though, when you spend they're, they're that investing, money, magic, you must yeah, be wise about your how asset you allocation, Gerald, and your resource allocation have to be in sync, like together. There has to be synchronicity there, and there's not because they'll they'll spend money the right way. And one, and Gerald has talked about this uh, as well. They spend the you think they're spending the right money and investing it wisely in some areas but then in other areas you're like what 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 why why are you being frugal and thrifty here because it's been pretty clear and cut what makes a successful lebron james anthony davis led team strong defense and you know have a have a few shooters ready to go uh in the chamber Who's the best shooter right now on the Lakers, Gerald? Who's the best shooter? Yeah. Just it, don't think about it. Just say it. I'm going to have to say LeBron James right now technically is the best shooter on the team. With That's, not good. That's not no, good. That's not good. Anytime he's won a championship, he hasn't been the best shooter. He yeah. hasn't been the best Mr. shooter. 40% Torian Prince is not 40% yet. No. Austin Reeves and D'Angelo no. Reeves, which were right around 39.5%. Both are not even close to that right now. And, and then and, you've got Rui Hashimura, who started out great, 
he, because of his injuries, stop, start, stop, start. He's not been able to find a consistent rhythm. And same thing for Christian Wood. We talked about on that on last night's show as well. Yeah, exactly. He can't, LeBron can't be your best shooter. And the issue is that twofold. LeBron sacrificed driving drilled significantly. I mean, we talked about it. I'll just illustrate it again. LeBron James has reduced his drives to the rim by 130%. Used to be 200, but he's had to, he's had to take it upon himself to drive a little bit more over the past month or so, because there is nobody outside of him uh, who can do it. Like we're terrible. We're a terrible drive team. Um, We, we, unless it's alley-oops or back cuts or some form of uh, offensive rebounding, there is no rim attack for our offense. There just isn't. So add to that the fact that you have a LeBron James on your team who can't do what he was best at doing anymore, and he's had to reduce that, but yet he still found a way to be more to be as efficient as he has been in the past. Yet, you didn't find the requisite replacements for that. So you're a poor shooting team and you're a poor driving team. That does not work in the NBA. It just doesn't. And this is what we're sick and tired of. Rob, when it comes to roster construction, I'm I'm going to say it. Rob Plinka, you're an idiot too. Like as much as Darvin Ham can be an idiot on the court with the personnel, you two decided that those guys were what you were going to roll out with. Well, I just want to mention. I just want to mention that uh, Torian Prince. He's almost at forty percent. He's thirty nine three, as pointed out by Lakers in five. But LeBron James is the leader still in the clubhouse at thirty nine point seven percent. So just to give you an idea of what that, just a. A good day for Torian Prince, and he'll be back over 40%. Or a couple of good games. How about that? Well, well it, just, despite that, um, look, LeBron was a driver in Miami. He was a driver. Mm-hmm. Him and D. Wade were Mack trucks, um, bullet trains, when it came to getting to the rim. Fair enough. Ten years later, he is not 29 years old. He's not 30, he's not 31, he's 39. When he went to Cleveland, he reduced his driving. However, who who did he have in Cleveland who could drive to the basket, Gerald? One Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. And you also had an adept three-point shooter in Kevin Love. Efficiency, ladies and gentlemen. Learn to work around your strengths and try and build around your flaws. That's what Kobe Altman did. So for Rob, for Rob Palenka to basically say that, you know, Darvin Ham was his guy and, you know, we're putting a team around that we think is championship caliber. I mean, you're deluding yourself, man. You're deluding yourself. I mean, some of those Atkins... Uh, diet commercials you do, Rob. I mean, you must have had botulism once or twice because your brain is completely on a different stratosphere than mine or Gerald's or Jamie's or Joe's or any other Laker fan with half a brain. 
because you're you are terrible at your job, dude. You are just bad at your job right now. And I I'm just gonna say it. Rob Polinka, when it comes to roster construction, you're an idiot. You're an there idiot. I don't even want to touch that one because last time I tried to, you saw what happened, Magic Man. I, I will just say he has just done a he's had one brief window of success that has saved his job. Outside of that, he has been inept. I mean, the Russell Westbrook <laughs> trade, he he should have never he should have just told LeBron, here, here's a clip of the second round series in the bubble. Do you remember this and understand how bad of a fit he is? It took a, probably a five-year-old to realize that. Well, then again, some people actually liked it. I'm certainly not was, was not one of those. I can tell you on the show I was not one of one of those. And I can tell you for a fact that I did not you could see how bad of a fit it was going to be from the get-go, but it happened. We have to move on. And but then you get to the point this summer where they did not do their due diligence, Magic Man, in regards to the knee injuries before that that Gabe Vincent suffered. You know, I understand that they have to do some sort of medical background as far as clearance is concerned before they sign those contracts and whatnot. But I really think they should have even done more due diligence on that because it was really, really troubling to see how bad and how quickly he, before he was having all those knee issues. And it wasn't something that he really did this season. It looks like something that had deteriorated with the knee that caused that, that, you know, those issues with the knee on Gabe Vincent. And then, well, let me just say this on top of that, you compound it, with the Vando signing, that Vando signing is looking worse. Who was asking for a Vando extension at that point in time? I don't get it. AD, I get you throwing the money at him and him taking it because he knows his body better than anyone. He'll probably go back and regret it if he, if he does last out all these years because he would have been able to be a free agent and then sign for a max deal with the Lakers or, or someone else. So Maybe he'll regret it later on in life, but still, you know, he gets a chunk of change, so I can't feel too bad for him. But the Vando signing, I have absolutely no idea what what Rob was thinking as far as throwing that out there. It just came to the point where Vando needs to be an improvement, needs to be an actual plus on both sides of the ball, and he's nowhere near that. So to see that we might be on the hook for him for four years doesn't matter if it's at 11 million dollars that's still 11 million if you're over the cap that gets compounded then it's more than just the 11 million dollars a year so yeah these type of mistakes these little things they add up to a lot and and again if we could go on another hour or so but i know we're going to go here in a second here but we could go on and for another hour hour and a half on rob palenka and the job he's done but I think this is a just as much as a prove it to me time for him that he can be consistent with his trade deadline deals to help improve this team. And also as much as it is for Darvin Ham to see if he could be a coach that can last the season and maybe even longer with the Lakers, because right now I don't have faith in either one happening at this point in time, Magic Man. I, I don't either, Gerald. At times, sometimes the best, the best, the Bets defense is a good offense. And uh, I'll use an example. So in defensive driving, if you're dry, if you for some reason, if there's inclement weather or what have you, uh, act of God, 
uh, Gerald, if you're driving on the shoulder, if you end up on the shoulder, any rep, any competent driving instructor or driver in general will tell you that sometimes um, the opposites uh, apply. So when you're driving on the shoulder, you'd speed up, you accelerate, you don't slow down. Because if you slow down, what happens is, Gerald, you end up in the ditch or worse. You need to keep the car steady. And sometimes that means being aggressive. Now, oftentimes, some people just out of sheer instinct don't do that. They'll, they'll pump the brakes. Bad decision. Bad decision. That ends badly, especially in that scenario. And that's what I feel that Palinka and Genie Bus are doing right now. Being on the shoulder, you need to accelerate. You don't need to pump the brakes. They're pumping the brakes. It's a mistake. You're you're compound like Gerald said, you're compounding your mistakes here. And I agree, Gerald. It's time for nut up or shut up. This is nut up or shut up time for Palinka and the roster he's put together. Well said, my friend. Great to have you back in the fold. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Truly appreciate him stopping by. Thanks again for watching this and cannot thank you enough for being a part of what we do here. Plus, want to give a big special shout out to Kurt Affair, who's been leading the chat room. Cool bros out there. Truly appreciate Blue Magic. Joshua Dietz on Facebook, one of our best and most admirable Facebook watchers. Truly appreciate everyone out there. Red Cloud, cannot thank you enough. M24, just great crowd tonight again for us. We truly appreciate you joining us. Looking forward to LI5. Go ahead and check out his channel, Lakers and Five, as always. But my friend, we will be back tomorrow for the pregame and then for the game against the Phoenix Suns. And then, of course, the postgame. The best postgame that is out there is, of course, right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Uh yeah, Gerald. Um, we had a we had a good question. Um, a couple days ago in the uh, in the comment section, and uh, I just wanted to say, I think you know if you had to say who the two be three best teams right now playing in the NBA, you'd have to go with the the Jazz is one, even though the record is eighteen and twenty. Uh, the Clippers are two. The Nuggets are three. Um, the Jazz are playing the best basketball in the NBA of any team. Um, it'll be a big test tonight. We'll see how they uh, they um, match up. Um, but Will Hardy is one of the best coaches in the NBA for a reason. Uh, he's he's turned that situation around because uh, as far as tactician and scheme goes, he's top five. In the NBA, he is up there with Mark Dagnalt, uh, up there with Eric Spolstra Spo, uh, and you know I'm sure I he'd put, like to be up there uh, salary wise yeah, with them. Really. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know what, Will Hardy? If you bring a championship to the Utah Jazz, you'll get paid. You'll get paid. Because Spo's Spo's been to six finals. Uh, Will Hardy needs uh, needs a little bit more. Uh, a little Let's bit stop more. Monty Williams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, we'll get start on that. One. <laughs> That'll be um, another hour show in and of itself. Oh my God. Uh, stark contrast in, in, uh, not only style, 
but uh, substance as well, Gerald, between Monty Williams and Eric Spolstra. Um, my goodness, the Pistons are just an unmitigated disaster. I mean, there have been some really crap hole basketball teams that I've seen over the course of, of my um, viewing and NBA. Um, but that this team is worse than that Philly team. Yeah, the Sam Hankey to, team. I knew yeah, you were going to say that. Yeah, that they're worse. They're worse yeah, because they're, they're in in bad. in that instance, Hank Hinky was intentionally trying to be god awful. Mm-hmm. Monte Morris and the Pistons weren't trying to be this terrible, no. Gerald. No, I, in fact, we talked as far as in our NBA preview about uh, you know the possibilities of them improving from last season. That does definitely does not look to be the case. Not but at once all. again. It is NBA Observations here on the Lakers Fast Break. Please join us tomorrow just before the 7 o'clock start time for the Phoenix Suns and Los Angeles Lakers. It is a key Western Conference showdown. The Phoenix Suns are 19-18, and 18, the Lakers 19-19. With the win, the Lakers will hop over the Phoenix Suns. Now, would they sweep? Is it that's the last time we see Phoenix? Is, would they sweep the Phoenix Suns with a win? If I'm not mistaken, Gerald, I think the the Lakers one more time. play one more time. Yeah, oh, they play one more time. Okay, well, let's get the win. Let's go ahead and see what we can do to get back into the thick of things in the Western Conference. At least we get uh, above 500 would be nice. And truly appreciate everyone joining us here on a beautiful Wednesday evening. Uh, Magic Man, great to have him back in the fold. He rested. He looks good. He looks sharp, ready, got the rock in the LFB hat. Everything is all right. Isabel, great to have you here. Thanks so much for joining us. Truly appreciate you watching. Catch us every now and then or every day. Go ahead and check us out anytime you want. Please like and subscribe. Go ahead and get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Remember, tomorrow night we'll be on the air right around 645. And then we'll go ahead and show you the game. We're going to do a simulcast again. God help us all. We're doing another simulcast for the Phoenix Suns and Los Angeles Lakers. Look for that. And, of course, the best post game that's around is always right here at the Lakers. Fast.